0: Okay, ladies, it is summertime. The sun is shining, the beaches are calling, and the barbecues are on fire. But do you think to yourself, all of those fun activities, how can I stay consistent with my health and my workouts this summer? Most women struggle to stay consistent with their health during the summertime, and that's okay, right? The days are getting longer. We finally have had a little bit of freedom in our lives. The weather's nicer, and suddenly we have a million things to do enter the stress-free summer. It is here to help you. It is my 66-day challenge that will help you to stay on track this summer, no matter what life throws you. The stress-free summer will show you how to be consistent, how to harness the power of small changes, so you stop asking yourself, is it working? You'll just know, and you will also stop wondering, WTF, what do I eat? And finally, have a healthy living process that will make getting healthy, feel easy. Make this the first change of your summer. Instead of telling yourself you need to exercise more and eat less, bring your food to the neighborhood barbecue. Now's the time that we get some results by keeping it simple. So join me for the stress-free summer. It is our sixty, it's my signature 66-day challenge that you won't wanna miss. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, Magic Makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers. Today, I had a great conversation with Miss Jennifer King Lindley, and it is all about her book finding joy. And I really wanted her to come on this show because a lot of times when I ask clients, I'm like, what brings you joy? What makes you happy? I get this pause. Like, oh, oh, what? I should have joy? Yes, you should have joy. And what's filed into, you know, the power of play and how joy and play are interchangeable with each other. And, you know, how we typically find ways to look for the danger in our lives versus looking for the fun. And you know how I'm all about um, bringing it down to your bare basics, your bare bones, instead of thinking that, you know, when I first started thinking about joy and gratitude, I used to think had to be this big, grandiose thing. And, uh, you know, in the conversation, you'll hear that we talk about the joy of when people make a little uh, design in your coffee cup and how that's like, Wow, that's pretty cool, right? So, how do we find the jaw, joy, the jaw? What the hell's that? How do we find the joy and the awe in everyday, everyday things, um, so that we nourish our soul, so that we feel feel filled up, and then we feel like we have a sense of purpose in our life, versus just you know being on what I call the conveyor belt of life, just getting up, you know, doing whatever we do, and then going right back to bed. So I don't want to give away too much. It was a great conversation, and I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know what brings you joy. Enjoy the episode. And here is this week's iTunes review. It comes to you from Dub by V. She writes, I love the podcast. You speak your mind, and you don't sugarcoat anything. I love your energy and your good spirit." Oh, that just fills my heart. You don't even understand how much I enjoy these reviews. So please, if you feel the need, please go to iTunes or wherever you watch, watch, listen to this podcast, do me a favor and hit me up with a five-star review. I absolutely love them. They mean the world to me and I will read it on my podcast, So thank you so much, Dub by V. It does mean the world to me. All right, magic makers. Today, I have a great guest for you. I have Miss Jennifer King-Lemley. And, you know, I found her because she wrote a great book, Finding Your Joy. And I wanted to bring her on because that's the one thing we all lose. We have lost our joy. When I ask someone, what brings you joy? What makes you happy? I get a pause. I get a dumbfounded look, and her book has just, I'm not even going to give too much because we're going to go deep into it, but the thing I liked about her, her book is that it took journaling, which you know, that's what I am, journaling and education and put it together because I know that some of you when you think about one joy, that like you're blank slate, but then when you also think about journaling, blank slate. So this book brings <laughs> both things together. So Jennifer, please welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm I'm overjoyed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Jennifer, like you, you know, let me just give you a quick little background. Jennifer's written for a lot of different, like amazing magazines that all of us have read or currently have subscriptions to. Um, I know real simple with my Bible and um, Oprah is my spirit animal. Hmm. Um, so, you know, what did you think about writing a book about joy?
1: Um, Well, I was approached by, um, a publisher to write some kind of journal. And, um, the idea was, it was originally going to be titled, um, lift your mood, which sounds a little drearier than find your joy. Mm, yeah. Um, so I was really excited about that prospect because I write a lot about positive psychology. Um, Over the years for magazines, I've written about topics like gratitude, savoring, self-compassion, finding your strengths, finding your purpose. Um, I've been drawn to these topics. And Mm. so what I did in Find Your Joy was interview lots of researchers, psychologists, experts who study these interventions that can actually help us um, create more happiness and positive effect in our lives. I interviewed them and then um, I translated their findings and their work into um, a series of prompts and exercises so that readers and journalers can um, work on these uh different interventions at home to um, you know, find ways to access joy even when life isn't perfect.
0: Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, it's funny. So the book came out in 2020, which I think it's just like wow, like pure happenstance on your part. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, I think, no, I don't know. I think I know. Um, Rona has caused us many to reevaluate our lives. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, I know I've asked my clients a lot more about joy, do you think that the timing and like asking for joy just kind of like was like the you know right time, right place kind of thing for you? So
1: I think it was a double-edged sword for like as far as publishing a book then, because um certainly everyone was home and feeling anxious and feeling mm. like life was out of control a little bit. And so This kind of resource can help, um, you know, maybe feel a little bit more in control. To feel like some of these things we have some control over. However, it wasn't like people are heading off to Barnes and Noble and browsing the bookstore. I need joy. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, so it was it was a little tricky time to to bring out a book, but um, it was certainly a time when everybody was starved for advice for finding happiness amidst the. Stress and one of the things about positive psychology, and I hope comes across in this book, is I think th- this has always been my, you know, historically my way. Like, if only I am finish my deadline. If only mm-hmm. I finish, um, you know, if I get this checkup out of the way. If only I get get this job. If only, if only, then I'll be happy.
0: Yes, yes, do you yes. do that. I, no, no, no. I call it Mad lips. Okay, okay. So <laughs> you know. You know how like in Mad Libs, it's like you have a word and then it's like put in the adjective. And I think about like a lot of my clients will be like, well, when I lose X number of pounds, Mm -hmm. then I can look for Mm -hmm. the job, start dating again, whatever you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, kicking the the, the rock down the road. Because then when I hit that weight loss or I hit whatever I told myself, then there's always another caveat Mm -hmm. for me, you know, so I'm always giving myself these like unreachable goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pushing off the joy, pushing yeah. off the happiness yeah. because I don't feel worthy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, that definitely resonates. And also if they're, they're part of the thinking is if I get everything perfect, then finally oh, I will be happy. Ugh. I will have joy. So yes. like one of the themes here is, you know, life isn't perfect in it no. quite, it's quite difficult, but Despite that, we can find these um, bursts of positive effects, these bursts of happiness, and that will um, help us cope better with the fact that life is not perfect, that life is stressed. It's not like you have to, um, you know, have all your ducks in a row before you can feel happiness. These these interventions are meant to help us find it in an imperfect, stressful world.
0: And, you know, and it, it comes back to two things you said that I think are why we don't take a, a moment to give ourselves joy was that control, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel that given that, you know, especially in the last few years, life has been out of control for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that I can't control. And so I feel that if I'm not steering the ship with like mm-hmm. my hands so like white knuckled, then I won't know what's going to happen.
1: hmm hmm
0: hmm And even though I'm trying to steer the ship into a hurricane.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I still feel like, because I'm holding onto the steering wheel so tightly that I can find whatever the change I'm looking for, the control Mm -hmm. I'm looking for. Mm
1: -hmm. So maybe, maybe a a alternative idea is you can still hold tightly to the steering wheel, but maybe you're looking as you're doing that. You're, you're looking at and seeing like a gorgeous sunset and taking a moment to really savor it. Um, Instead of just focusing on the negative, because um, if if a lot of what the um, researchers kept emphasizing to me is, and it this is you know sounds like what you're saying is as humans, we have a natural negativity bias. We're always looking for the wolf Mm -hmm. that's going to attack us. And that was adaptive. Like if you, if our ancestors weren't the ones looking for the wolf and they were looking at the daisy, they would be eaten. But nowadays, like there's wolves all the time. Every time you open Mm. email, it's a wolf. And so you can um, feel inundated. So the idea behind a lot of positive psychology is um, making a conscious effort to find things to savor and appreciate, to, um, to wring the most out of those experiences and to um even in the face of difficulty um find some balance in that way. And one of the um the topics that I deal with in this book and I've talked to researchers about is this idea of savoring yeah. uh, as a as a concept. So um Fred Bryant at Loyola um, is one of the main researchers on this modality. And his, his um, theory is that, again, we, we've we trained ourselves over the years in our nervous systems to only look for like the dangerous, the problem, the negative, but we can retrain ourselves to be on the lookout, to sort of always be on a treasure hunt for the good yeah. the things to enjoy. And it doesn't have to be um oh good I won the lottery. It can be going for a walk, my my dog's listening. And um <laughs> like taking the time to really really look at like a flower that wasn't there yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Or like yesterday I went for a walk and there was kids um just r- tearing around on their bikes and I thought oh, that's such a such a lovely glimpse of childhood.
0: Right, cuz like, I think I you know because you know, before Stranger Danger, that's what mm-hmm. we did, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that was like free. That was our first taste of freedom
1: was mm-hmm. uh, to be
0: able to hop on your bike and go over to a friend's house.
1: Yeah. No cell phones. No, my gosh. Yeah. God. Yeah. We all somehow made it back. I um, laugh because
0: it's <laughs> like think about like you know we went for hours
1: and your parents had no clue where the hell you were. No idea. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the anxiety I think kids have nowadays, like they're, they don't have the chance to test themselves and, um, feel confident in their ability to take care of themselves and, and, um, all that stuff. But, but like a one takeaway intervention or a, a step to take is, um, as far as like savoring, I had an expert say that they do a um, they make a list of five things every day that they loved, that they really appreciated. It could be like a latte where the barista makes like that cool little wheat leaf on the top oh, of your cup. <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> or, um, you know, like I picked up my DOG at the event. He was so happy to see me. Like be on the hunt for certain, um, for like five things that really gave you joy. Yeah. And then, um, if you, if you make it a purpose to seek it out, it will mm. become more visible to you yeah, because yeah, yeah. our natural default is looking for, um, you know, Oh, I didn't pay that bill. Oh, I'm behind the email. Right. This kind of, it's almost like putting on a pair of glasses. Um, yeah. For the
0: first time after it's like, everything's blurry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like your glasses are saying, Oh, look, I'm going to look around for good things. Not just, yeah, you know, must do, stress things um so that's that's was a useful intervention and um they, they also said to do things like if you do have a positive experience for instance your amazing cappuccino with the beautiful design on it you want to involve all your senses to really savor it so you're you're smelling it you're looking at it take a mental photograph of what it looks like in your mind right. um Think about the taste. Think about previous times you've had that and enjoyed it. Like the more you can immerse yourself in even a small positive experience, the more you're putting a deposit in the bank of positive effects. Right.
0: Yeah. You know, I like this because I remember, you know, when I first kind of started diving into kind of this, like it's a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And the first thing someone was like, "Oh, you should write down things that you're grateful for." So, Mm -hmm. of course, when you say that, it's like great gratitude is. Big word,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and
0: so of course, if you're like, oh, I must be grateful that like I saved someone from a burning building, Mm -hmm. right? Like it had Mm -hmm. to be this big thing. And I was like, no, I'm grateful that I parked at a meter that had Mm -hmm. money in it.
1: Like Mm -hmm. that
0: that that made me happy that day. You know, I'm grateful that like I saw the meter made three cars away and like I ran and beat her to it, Mm -hmm. or grateful that like I woke up this morning and I caught a beautiful sunrise. Mm -hmm. And so I think. Because we're caught up in this culture of like, go big or go home. Yeah. Even the little thing of someone made that beautiful decoration in your coffee. I know Mm -hmm. I can't do it.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, me neither.
0: (laughs) That it it should be like you know, and I love the word "savored" because Mm -hmm. we're in that hustle culture that it's like, I got this cup of cappuccino and I gotta be off Mm -hmm. to wherever Mm -hmm. I gotta be off Mm -hmm. to, or I gotta sip it down and return an email or brush off. Um, yeah,
1: right. So how many how many times do we have like that beautiful cup of cappuccino and we brought our laptop or we have our phone. So we're not focusing on this right. little pleasure. We're off because we're supposed to be so productive, multitasking, and we're not wringing all the positive we can out of that yeah. experience.
0: And in her book, she has a title here, uh, Be Here Now. And mm-hmm. I know for me, there are plenty of times that I, I'm a multitasker. I grew up Mm -hmm. multitasking. I'm looking for a support group Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I'll be, um, I'll be like, my husband will be like, let's watch a movie together. I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, "Mm, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I get that. And like, when you just said like, you know, start looking for the, look, looking for the joy. -hmm. And then it's like it it does shift you from like, Mm -hmm. you know what, life doesn't have to be so hard all the damn time.
1: Right, right. And your um your instinct to look for small things to be grateful for is right on because if you end up like some people say, Oh, I kept a gratitude journal, but all I wrote every day was my health and my family. Yeah. And it loses its um impact to say the same things over, and they're sort of so overwhelming. So if you can find small little surprising things um to write about in a gratitude journal that's very powerful and also um one of my experts said reread your gratitude journal like she she says you can either keep a journal or you can put all your things you're grateful for in a jar but if you're Uh, feeling kind of um you know verklamped, pull pull it out and read reread them that's like an extra boost of gratitude i did a piece too for health magazine this fall on expressing gratitude and a lot of the new research is on ha- the, the impact of not just feeling gratitude which is useful but expressing it to somebody else that's like a twofer that's like gratitude on steroids so um, what does that what does that look like so it means that a lot of times we maybe don't thank people uh um or appreciate people because we think it's, they'll think it's weird. They will. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I, yeah. <laughs> there was a, actually a, a researcher at university of um, Austin who did a study a couple years ago. Um, and I've talked to him a couple times, but he was measuring how people thought a thank you note would be received versus yeah. how the receiver felt it. And these people were writing like their second grade oboe teacher. Um, yeah. They were just finding people to thank. And um, he said the the writer is usually held back by thinking, I'm not going to say it well, or it's weird. But in fact, yeah. across the board, everybody that received that was ecstatic. Yeah. Um, and so the, expressing gratitude does two things. It um, well it makes the other person feel good, but also it s- kind of cements a bond a little bit. It's a form of connection. And yeah. one of the things that I think prevents us from being happy in life is feeling disconnected from yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's thanking a stranger, you know, I really appreciate you, um, you know, uh, holding the door open for me. Cause I had five right. things to do. Um, that's like a little connection there. It's a, it's a weak tie, they call it, but you're still connecting with another person. And Part of the reason I think we're often unhappy is feeling disconnected. The more we can yeah. feel connected to other people or something bigger than us, the more we, f- the better we feel.
0: Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I think it, it's funny that you say that because as soon as you, you know, gave a context to it, um, the grocery store, you know, we, go, we all go to the grocery store and I go to the grocery store pretty much at the same time and I have the same cashier. Her name is Maria. So, you know, it was COVID times and, you know, everyone was just feeling like very disconnected because you were like literally going to the grocery store and then racing home. Mm-hmm. And over the time, I'm like, am I, how are you holding up? And just that little thing that I said after probably like 10 times of her seeing me at the grocery store, I'm like, how are you holding up? It was just like, oh my God, thank you for asking. Like, it mm-hmm, was just mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. you know, she was just like, many people must probably see her like as just a regular person who just... Mm-hmm their groceries mm-hmm. and that' this one little conversation now I'm like I know she's got kids I know about her cat like I see her every week and so now it's you know a loose relationship yeah
1: and those are very life enhancing yeah just having those those smaller connections like there uh somebody did a study and um she gave people little trackers like the mm-hmm. amount of times they interacted with weak ties and the ones that did rather than going about their business, rated higher in feelings of well-being at the end of the week. Um so that was a you know a great instinct to do that. Um and as far as joy I was which you know where we began this um conversation um I just it's forthcoming in um real simple but I just did a piece on the power of play. Mm-hmm. And as we talk about joy I think also about the importance of play. Yes. Um and you know it's no secret there's a there's um no one plays anymore, no adults play anymore. No. It's supposed to be um a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um you know childish. Um I, one of the therapists I talked to said sh- sh- she's a coach for high achieving women and she said she will ask them what do you do for fun and they just go pause. fun, Fun? <laughs> Are we supposed to be having fun? Are we having fun yet? So she gives homework, which I thought was kind of cool. She says, so, cause somehow like having somebody else. Tell you you to have fun, gives you permission. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so she, um, she she said one of her clients, what was really, really into flower arranging, like that was her therapy. So she, she spent um, like half an hour, just like arranging flowers and she and this therapist said she came in the next week and she was just glowing with with that because she had given herself permission to do something just for enjoyment not to check things off the list right Um, yeah so that seemed I mean I think we all have a hard time giving ourselves permission to not be productive
0: well just like going back to gratitude I think you know when you think of gratitude you think it's this big thing like when you say Kim I want you to play people are like tennis like golf. yeah like you know so they're just like there's no context to what play is yeah. and so it's like play is doing something you enjoy flower mm-hmm. arrangement you don't gotta mm-hmm. break a sweat but it's like mm-hmm. flower arrangement. hell yeah. if you love painting paint yes and if you love painting walls paint the walls like you yes know, yes um, I know a lot of the women listening to this show for them, they're like, "Well, um, my play is going to the gym," and I'm like, "No, like, yeah. do th- something that is out of your norm."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the things I kept hearing from the play experts was, "What gave you greatest joy as a kid?" Yeah, and then how can you find some of that in your, you know, adult life? So, yeah. um, a couple of things that gave me, and like, I I, I like writing um, th- these pieces because I always get like free therapy. Um, So you can relate. So I um, like two of the things that I really found pleasure in as a kid was um, we had like a backyard pony and a tool shed. It was nothing fancy, but we used to, as you know, take our our pony off and ride around with our friends for hours and hours and hours. I don't have a pony anymore, but I love animals. So Mm -hmm. like just for me, I know play is spending time with um, the dog and I've, I've got cats now. Like, so I having that in my life is right. very nourishing. Yeah. Also, I love to read, like I would love to mm. make a fort and just read books. And now I'm like, oh, if, if it's not for work, why am I reading? You know, I should be reading something for work. Um, so just um, giving myself permission to just read for pleasure mm. and put it down and if and then pick it up again. That's also like, for me, that's play.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that because for a long time I was, I'm a, when I was a kid, I was a very big reader. I read all the time. My mom's like "You're going to make me go broke with all the books you're getting in the library. (laughs) And at some point, I don't know when I stopped reading for pleasure Mm -hmm. and during, you know, COVID I had nothing else to do. So I started reading for pleasure again. And I was like, you know, it is just like so lovely to just Mm -hmm. sit down and not try to absorb anything,
1: mm-hmm. but it was a little hard at first, wasn't it? It was very hard at first because I yeah. was like
0: trying to remember. I was like, "Does this? Do I need to pay attention to this character? Is this character going to come back?" And I have to like put it all together. And then I was like, "Kim, yeah, do you give a shit? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's not right. going to be a quiz, right? No, that's that's so true." And um, another woman I interviewed said her idea of a play was she and a group of friends go into um i mean it's the season's ending now but all like in the winter they would go dip into cold water together Uh, like at 6 a.m
0: that's a thing that i'm like god love you
1: i know i know
0: who do you call and say hey jen you want to go into the cold water with me yeah at 6 a.m yeah quick yeah (laughs) yeah
1: oh no thank you i'm busy this year i'm full Um, forever (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but like for her, like she had memories yeah. of doing that kind of physically daring stuff as a kid still really nourishing to her. So I think like one place for one for your listeners um to maybe think about getting more play in their life is reflect on really what gave you joy as a as a kid or a, a young person that has been crowded out in adulting and can you spend even like 15 or 20 minutes this week doing that without feel guilty. Yeah. And see how it feels. Um I mean I think that's uh th- that's a very nourishing takeaway. And and another emphasis from these play experts was you don't have to uh, there's forced play is terrible for everybody. Like nobody yeah. liked
0: It's like a forced dodgeball. family fun trip.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. So everybody's play is different. Don't feel like oh I got to get out the board games.
0: Exactly. And go from Monopoly Marathon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's not um, something you like, it's not your play. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be open-minded to new things. But um, if you really never want to play, like, I never want to play volleyball again. No, me either. Ever.
0: No, I'm good. No,
1: no. Or or softball. Even on the beach. No, thank you. Never again. No. (laughs) So the only it's good volleyball
0: is the top, the scene from Top Gun. That's the only good volleyball.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I think that's one way to get also just find more joy is and also know that we're entitled to it. Yes. I like that word
0: entitled because we just think we're entitled to just work hard and die.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And if I took five minutes to arrange a bunch of flowers, I took, 30 minutes to just sit and read, then Mm -hmm. I'm being um, wasteful. I am being, um, you know, whimsical with my time.
1: But, you know, a lot of the research um, set, and you're not supposed to do it for a purpose because that's defeating play, but a lot of research says it's very recharging. Like we can think outside the box when we play. Yeah. So you might have like a personal issue or professional issue or a creative issue, that you're kind of going in circles about, you know, going for a swim or d- doing some art, yeah. whatever, that's when you get ahas.
0: Oh, a hundred percent.
1: It's when you're, it's like a shower moment kind of, like when you're yeah. not focusing on the problem, when you're, you're thinking outside the box. Um, play also can put us in a state of flow where, you know, you lose track of time, you're operating in all cylinders, that's also extremely creative. So you don't necessarily want to be doing want to be playing because you're trying to make yourself enriched, but that is definitely a side effect. And yeah, nourishing yourself in those ways is just going to make you effective in your other realms as well.
0: No, and I and I like that because at the same time, like as I'm as I'm as I'm experiencing play, it's a joy is a
1: byproduct. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So it,
0: it you know it goes hand in hand. So it's like as you know, people when you ask them that, that question, what brings you joy? They're like, oh. And then mm-hmm. you, you know you're kind of like, well, do you enjoy just what? What do you if you had to you know play? What would play look like for you? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, if even that question's too hard, either think about like the qualities that you most love as a kid in your play, and can you translate them to adulthood? Or also, are there moments when you have allowed yourself to just have fun um, as an adult? What are the moments where you really feel like 110% yourself? Yep. Um, and what were you doing? How can you get more of that in your life? And also just like in a, giving yourself permission to do this in a small dose, see that right. the world continues and in fact, you're coming back more recharged Um uh, a therapist said to me, um, you you don't want to give somebody like a, if you're a burnt out candle, you don't have much to give other people like you're not going to give somebody like the burnt yeah. out stub of a candle. And if you're not allowing yourself to um, recharge or have like weak, you're going to de- be depleted as a resource yourself.
0: Right. And so, you know, this kind of all as." Is- this conversation has evolved more into us talking more about like the self-care element, Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. you
0: know, and for so many people giving themselves permission to Mm -hmm. take a brief, uh, uh, you know, take a breath makes them feel guilty. You know, Mm -hmm. the guilt and the shame that, you know, I shouldn't be taking 15, 20 minutes to dip into cold water, mm-hmm. read a book, arrange flowers. There's so many other things on my to-do list that needed to, to get done. Mm-hmm. And you know, have the researchers talked about, or have you ever written an article about like, how do I just kind of like take that like doers mindset and just put it on the shelf for those like five, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm.
1: So how do you, um how do you keep yourself from narrating the whole time? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you're, you're like, meanwhile, be. you're,
0: you're doing whatever it is. You're like, oh my God, I really yeah. should
1: be like doing another load of laundry and oh, I could
0: be at the grocery store going to get in groceries. I could be, blah, 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 blah. and you're just like, you've sucked the, the wind right out of Well, the um,
1: yeah, no, I definitely hear you as one of those types myself, like who's always worried about what I'm not doing. Um, right. I think like one of the elements in the book that I taught, I write about is self-compassion. Mm. Um, and you probably talk about this with your, in your work as well. Um <coughs> this idea that we're hardest on ourselves, we're harder on ourselves than we would be on friends or loved ones. A thousand percent. So if you're saying to your um, like, so ask yourself, what would you say to a friend who's like, I know I I really shouldn't take 15 minutes to do flower arrangement or jump in, you know, um, uh, the cold water, even though I would f- because I should be doing XX in this, you would say to a friend. Hey, you deserve some time to yourself. Go for it. Enjoy it. You deserve it. I mean, that's how you talk to a friend. Right, right. So it's um, getting in the habit of talking to yourself as you would a friend um, with that same kind of compassion. So so it's a skill. You know, you have to practice it. It's not like you just are going to completely rewire your, your brain yeah. instantly, but it's, you um, really holding yourself to the same standards you would loved ones and not impossibly high um, ones.
0: And, 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 you know, we, for my A++ with a side of A++ people listening, you know, we do, we hold ourselves, like, we think we can climb Everest up here, here, here are standards. I got to meet these standards, as we talked about earlier, like, if I do A, B, C, and Z, then mm-hmm. I can take ten minutes for myself. Mm-hmm. Where if, you're like you said, that a friend called you and you're like, "Hey, you know, I got invited to do whatever you got invited to do," or you know, I plan on every Sunday doing whatever it is you plan to do every Sunday. You'd be like, "Girlfriend, go for it." Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. you would be like, "In order to, be, to order to be worthy, I have to mm-hmm. move heaven, earth." three times in order to take these 20 minutes for myself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, it's strange we all got that message that we have to be like productivity is how we measure our worth. Oh, so, so true. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and I think, um, I guess as far as, uh, you know, what are some helpful tips from the book about that? It is, uh, I do have a chapter in here about revising the story you tell yourself. Oh. Which is um, you know, somewhat like self-compassion, but it's also um how am I describing this situation to myself? Um and if you're if you find yourself saying, um, wow, I'm so behind on my deadline. I need to chain myself to this t- computer. Um, I can't do any, I can't lift my head up till I do, otherwise, um I'll blow it and I'll be my reputation will be shot and I'll be living under a bridge, you know, (laughs) catastrophic. So, um, like you can write, write all those fears and all that negativity about productivity, but then in revising the story, you tell yourself, um, you know, what's a more realistic fact-based way to approach that. It's sort of, it's like cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah, but it's kind of like self, um, self help, um, So how can you reframe that? What to tell yourself a different story? Um, It would be, yes, I have a deadline, but if I'm totally fried, I won't be able to think clearly. It's helpful for me to take some personal time to recharge. You know, like how can you read, how can you talk to yourself in a way you still believe, but is, um, and is still plausible and it doesn't deny reality, but isn't the like, excoriating, self-critical way you're used to. Um, So I love that. I also, I I, um, wrote, I talked with a uh, therapist named Kim Schneiderman that I um, quote in the book. She wrote a book about um, retelling your life story almost like from a fictional perspective. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really cool. Like if you have a... Um, If you're going through a divorce or you lost a job, like there's a different, there's different ways to tell that story. Yeah. You can tell your, you can tell yourself like, uh, you know, a victim, this is terrible. These things happened to me. Or you can tell a story in a way where like every main character in every novel, you had challenges that were difficult. You looked inside, you found resources there. And through that, you overcame or learned something Um, Mm -hmm. like she said, the example she gives that I think is so illustrative is like um, if you think of Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, you could tell that story. Oh, this poor girl, um, you know, she was um, thrown in a storm. She didn't know anybody. She, you know, um, monkeys went after her. You can tell it in a very negative way. Or you You can say. poor,
0: Poor her way
1: yeah or um you know she she met friends, she found inner resources, she learned about herself, right. so like practicing sort of telling retelling your own story if you're going through something difficult um in a way that makes you the hero yeah I think is like a is a another cool way to t- retell your story
0: yeah the the other you know thing i I use a lot with my clients is um uh, Byron Katie mm mm Oh, so Byron Katie, she wrote a book. It's literally called The Work. <laughs> and it's four, it's four questions, and they're so simple, right? So, like, and, and it basically works with pretty much anything that you're going through. So the first question is, is it true, right? So I'm, if I'm telling myself a story. So it's like, let's you continue on the Dorothy. Oh, you know what? I'm stuck here. And there's mm-hmm. no way I can ever get out. I'm like, is it true? Like, and then you, and you, the only the, the only way you can answer is yes or no. Right. You can't like, you know, it's kind of like we're on the witness stand. Like there's no embellishing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Were you there or you're not? Yeah. So and then the second question is, like, can you absolutely know it's true? Like, so is, is this is really like if you're saying to yourself, yeah, there's no way I can get out of here. And then there's like, can you absolutely know it's true? And then, then you think to yourself, well, I do see somebody over there. Maybe I can ask them what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So then it's like and then you just ask yourself, like, how do you react when you know that, you know, how do you react when it, you know it's yes or no? What's your response? And then who would you be if you didn't think this way? So it just really, you know, what I've always liked about it and what this was kind of a huge for me to help me shift my mindset was that, you know, we all get locked up here in our little Mm -hmm. prisons and we're all like, no, I can't leave Oz. Like, I guess I'm stuck here. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I'm just going to let these monkeys eat me. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's just how life is. Yeah. Oh, well versus no i think i see something over there or i think i could see it differently or maybe if i just took a beat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i can just realize like yeah i did the, the there's a witch underneath the house but she was the bad witch
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's great i'll i'll look for that byron katie yeah. the work the work, the work. Yep. okay wonderful and,
0: yeah she um and it's she's got like a, a she does like a bunch of videos every like I don't know if she still does it but she used to do a video and you would come people would come to her with their most outlandish problem Uh and she would bust them down Uh questions and like you're just like dang (laughs) like like, I like you know I'm divorced and you're like well how do you know he hates you is it true then it's just like the next thing you know like you go from like pissed off and weepy to like oh so it's
1: me. Oh, that's a great recommendation. Yeah. I love that.
0: So she's, um, yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty great. But it's like, but what is what you said? It's like so many of us don't ask the question, "Is it true?" Like we get caught mm-hmm. in our own story that mm-hmm. I have to be a certain way or has to look a certain way, mm-hmm. and so that I don't look for joy, I don't find yeah. opportunities for play or happiness because what would someone else think?
1: Hmm. 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 Yeah, no, that's, that's really um, important to keep in mind. The the other thing I wanted to um, mention that I think is relevant is the idea of purpose, finding your yeah. purpose from this book. And like, what, cause I guess, um, and this answers your question about joy and happiness, because I think a lot of people think if I'm, if I'm not happy, I'm not chasing it hard enough. Yeah. So um, good. And the idea behind like the study of purpose is actually the people that have the highest sense of well-being are those that have a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. every day. So it's not um, necessarily like chasing after the next shiny object or trying to create a life where you never have any stresses or problems. The idea of purpose, um, I talked to a researcher at at Cornell who studies purpose. And he said, purpose is like a lighthouse. Um, Mm. if you, if you know, that's your purpose, you always have something to follow, even when, you know, the seas get rocky. So if you encounter a problem or a, um, a setback, you still know like why you're getting up in the morning. Mm. And, um, purpose doesn't have to be like, I'm going to cure cancer. Now, if that is, that's great. You go, but it could be, um, creating beauty around me or being the best mom I can, or, um, connecting people. Yeah. You know, it can be, there's lots of different ways to have purpose, but, but spending some time to reflect on what your purpose might be and, um, keeping that in mind can, help you have more of a sense of well-being rather than chasing smiley face happiness? Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I think everyone thinks like it, happiness is that smiling face happiness versus mm-hmm. it can be more subtle. You know, like if we kind of circle back the conversation, the subtle happiness could be that the barista put that, that flower in your coffee, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that can make me happy, you know, Mm -hmm, it could be mm -hmm. make me happy that I'm like, Oh, I just see a bunny hopping across there, you Mm -hmm, know, that, mm -hmm. you know, I, we get so I don't really know who started this whole big thing, like, but like the go big or go home, like, Mm -hmm. happiness has to be this, like, you know, like, you know, nuclear warhead, you know, coming off versus wow, I saw the sunset today, or I saw a Mm -hmm. sunrise, or, you know, I saw someone who I hadn't seen in a while that made Mm -hmm. me
1: happy. Yeah. Well, and if, if, um, listeners are interested in like finding more joy or playing more, finding more happiness, that's probably coming from a place of feeling not happy enough, not joyful enough, that kind of stuff. And so I think having a purpose can because it sort of creates more of a stable sense of well-being um you're you're it's maybe gonna s- a backdoor way to get happier um because yeah. like I, i've there are there's lots of research that like helping other people connecting with other people is the surest way to raise your own sense of well-being more than like i'm gonna meditate and give myself a a spa day. Um, yes. nothing against those, but like, that's just a quick reroute of mood to go like, do something for somebody else.
0: Right. And it's, you know, for some, some people that's not accessible, right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, what the things we were talking about are accessible. It's accessible to get a great book. It's accessible mm-hmm. to play with your dog or any animal, small children. That's mm-hmm. accessible. It's accessible to go. If this, lights you up, jump in cold water. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're all going to want to try that after this.
0: No, um, hell no. I live in New England. We get, yeah. We. I'm like, I know right. what cold water
1: is like. Walden Pond.
0: Yes. I know what cold water is like. Even in July, we don't get our water. Mm-hmm. It's not getting warm. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. No, my sister's in the Cape. It's always like, are you going in? You go in first. Yeah, exactly. I do. Um, yeah. So I, I guess it's just a, it's just a um, suggestion to if you take some time to think what's my purpose, because you normally we're always like, OK, I, I'm going to make my target list. I'm going to make my um, bed, bath and beyond list. Right. We're always doing the to do rather than thinking the big picture. And it has been helpful for me. Like I, I started thinking, OK, how could I conceive my purpose? Um, and I do I did sort of come around to think um, my purpose is taking, um, you know, complicated information and translating it to a wide readership so to make th- their lives a little better. Um, yeah. So if you have like some idea like that, if, you, if you're if you about to sit down to your computer and like you remind yourself of that, it it's um, makes that experience better than if you're just like, ah, oh, more work. I'd like to be out lying in the ground, looking at, yeah. you know, the clouds. So like giving your, reminding yourself of your why, can be um you know helpful way to boost well-being as well um that was another you know takeaway
0: that no, was important I, I, to me I like that and i'm a big i'm a big pusher of people finding their why because you mm-hmm. know it's really helpful i mean it's really um i can't think of the word right now I just see people like kind of like you know. On their com- the conveyor belt of life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you wake up, you go to work, you do whatever you do during that day, you go to bed, you wake up, you do whatever. You, and it's just like, you just get into such a routine, such a rut that sometimes it's hard to lift your head up to say, why the hell am I doing half the crap mm-hmm. that I do in a day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Where yeah.
0: if you, you know, have a sense of purpose, have your why, where it's like, all of my actions are leading towards Whatever the life I'm trying to build for myself, mm-hmm, my purpose. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, just to circle back to your point about self care, um, all these things are shouldn't just be another must do. You know, I think yes. that's a, sometimes the danger in self care. Like, oh, I'm not doing enough self care.
0: Right, I'm not doing. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing it right. It's so right. Like, if it right. feels good to you, it's right. <laughs> hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you do for joy?
0: What do I do for joy? And it's funny because I it's probably about and, and less than a year ago, if you asked me that, I would have been like, "So, interview over,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> no questions, please."
0: Right? <coughs> I'm asking you the questions. Yeah. So, um, for me now, it's literally I read like every night. I like, I look forward to it. It's like I look forward at nine o'clock. That's my time. Like I read, and mm-hmm. I I look forward to that. Other joy for me is. Um, I'll, I come to the beach a lot. And so just, you know, I like, I like, I'm like your dog. Like mm-hmm. if you said beach. I'm like,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm like ready to go and walk on the beach. So those are the things that bring me joy. And, you know, I, I like, like, I, I try to have joy every day. So I read every day, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you don't go to the beach every day. Right. I'm also one of those people who I'm like 40 is my hard deck. So, <laughs> <laughs> but those are the things that. Oh, that's bring-
1: cool. Well, and, um, awe is another element in this journal that um I talked to researchers about this idea of feeling awe and how transporting that is Mm. you probably you could it's it's easy to find awe at the beach I mean if you look at the infinite infinity of the um like the shells the sand there you look out at the horizon you wonder like what's going on underneath that you can't see right It, it you feel connected to something bigger you also um it sort of kicks you out of your regular way of looking at things
0: yeah For sure, and it's all—it's very century, um, century uh, century overload there. That's like you have Mm -hmm. like the crunch of the sand. You have the the the, you know there's a bird or two, and then there's also the crash of the waves. So there's always a like a lot of things that like get you out of the like thinking.
1: Yeah, no, water is excellent for that because it. (coughs) I did a piece for health on, um, mindfulness in nature, and why nature is such a great place to sort of get out of your mental chatter yeah and be immersed and um water has soft fascination it invites our attention but not in a demanding way like you yeah. can look for the at the play of light and water you can look at the waves it is a very um it's captivating but it's not like your phone yeah you know look
0: you're you're not looking for that <clears throat> stimulation from your phone, you know, like mm-hmm. as you scroll through whatever it is you're mm-hmm. scrolling through, mm-hmm. you're, it's kind of like that jackpot symbol. I'm like, I'm waiting for the three cherries to pop up as I'm mm-hmm. scrolling, mm-hmm. where as I'm walking on the beach, I don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. know, like I, there's no program. Like, I don't know, like, is the wave going to be bigger the next time it comes through? Is it mm-hmm. going to be smaller? Is
1: there going to be a fish,
0: you know, going through it? I don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Uh,
1: well in Wellfleet, too, there's seals because they're yeah. sharks. That's where my sister lived. <coughs> but I guess that's not uplifting and stress relieving to think of the sharks. No, well,
0: it's interesting because I, I we were um <coughs> a few years ago, it was it was yeah, it was April. And so usually you hear about the sharks and seals, usually summertime. And it was mm-hmm. April and we were walking along the beach in Wellfleet and you just like you just saw them all just kind of laying out, and it was like a sunny day, sunning themselves. And I'm like yeah, that's like a buffet. No wonder. Yeah, yeah. No wonder the sharks are here. Like... <laughs> all you can eat. Right, and so yeah. it just—I'm like, all right, but you know, again, it made it got you out of your head, and it's mm-hmm. like you said, ah, oh. then yeah. you're like, oh, well, that's why shark comes here. I'm like, I'm, then you're like, I wonder when the sharks come, and you just yeah. kind of start to like go down a different path than. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I get home, I'm gonna go to Trader Joe's. At Trader Joe's, I gotta get some coffee, and then I got this. You just kind of like list making, boop. Yeah. You just kind of like into like nature, and just you kind of go down a different, you know, thought. Path. Yeah, and isn't
1: it so um, comforting too to think? Probably as a kid, if you went to that beach, it looked the same. I mean, maybe yeah. it changed a little bit, but like, there's something very uh, eternal about the beach and the waves and fish and all that stuff that is also transporting, um, and gets you back to quite, you know, joy. Um, I like one of my hacks is if I'm feeling stressed out is just go outside. Yes. Um, and especially during COVID, I, um, I would get in the habit of like, my dog never got that many walks because I was always like oh it's our third one today but let's go Um, because it was always it's like hitting refresh on your your brain yeah
0: Yeah. sometimes I like I feel like your dog where I (laughs) like I was like you know I woke up this morning and I was like I don't really feel like working out but I need something Mm -hmm. and I went for a walk Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of it was just like I needed like I don't know I I felt like I had like static electricity that like I just Mm -hmm. needed to like discharge it and so Mm -hmm. I got up and I went for a walk and I was like yeah that's exactly what I needed to just kind of like reboot
1: yeah and I've gotten better at telling myself that's good it's good I'm doing that it's better to to go do that than to just struggle with this paragraph for another hour
0: right or it's like I have to earn it Mm -hmm. no I, I woke up and I'm like I didn't have to work out first in order to earn the walk I was like I'm gonna walk and if I feel like working out after this walk, I'm gonna do it.
1: hmm hmm So it's good serious. self-compassion. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: trust me. I <laughs> learn,
1: learn behavior. Mm-hmm. I was, you mm-hmm. know, miss like hard ass. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, do you garden?
0: Or do you, you know, have
1: anything or I, plants around I you? Do. And stuff? Yeah. I do.
0: Yeah. Um my grandmother has like literally can take like a dead thing and like make it bloom. I am like I'm like all right, I've kept I'll bring in.
1: her my orchids. My mom's really good at orchids. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, I'm like a death trap for orchids.
0: I, like in I, I don't know how I've kept my outdoor plants pretty good. I I, <laughs> on wood. I don't know how. I've, I don't know how I've done it. We have had a ficus for over 20 years that I don't really Yeah, I don't know how we've come. It's moved like three times, and it's stayed alive. We had one ficus that moved twice. The third move, it's like, yeah, I'm not feeling this place. It just died. Okay,
1: (laughs) but hey, that's a good run.
0: Yeah, so um, I do have plants. So I I do okay with plants. Outdoor plants better than indoor plants.
1: Well, I join. I've been a member for several years now, but I joined a community garden um, as a joy. Thing because um, I do like to garden, but I'm, I'm have a very, very shady yard. And that's got like a lot of good things. It's got um, community. Like yeah. I've met people that I wouldn't have otherwise. It's uh, it's like physical activity. And also it, it is pretty awesome in some ways too. um Like I do squash. I'm in charge of squash as my um, crop. And like it starts with a seed. And by the end of the summer, it's like going crazy. Two beds. Yeah. One little seat. Uh, so that's also like where I find jo- you know, surprising joy and awe. And, yeah. Yeah. And,
0: yeah. I, and I like and, that.
1: And it doesn't require, um, you know, a trip to Paris.
0: No, a trip to Paris, or like <laughs> you know, three hours at a spa. Right. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> right. So it's sort of like, I guess to sort of sum up, um, finding joy is about really sort of getting in touch and being aware of what you personally find nourishing, whether that's from your past or something you don't spend much time doing, but you love it when you do. And then giving yourself permission because it's good for you. It's nourishing to find ways to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This has just been such a great conversation. And you've given people little things and I love little things, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like, it's not like, here are the 50 things you must do in order to find joy. It's like, Mm -hmm. Gratitude, like every day, find five things, like mm-hmm. simple things. You know, even if you found like a rock that looked like a heart, like mm-hmm. something that is just gonna, you know, start even looking for non-worryful, mm-hmm. worryful things.
1: Yeah, just make um, a point. Like tomorrow, look for five things. Write them down if you need to. Eventually, it'll become a habit.
0: Yeah. Or even as you said, if you're like, I don't really, I don't really know how to do that. Like, we'll keep the, start keeping the jar so that like, maybe Mm -hmm. you're like, you pick it up and you're like, okay, today I am going, I'm going to look for rocks Mm and see what the rocks look like. Or today, you know what, when I get my cup of coffee, I'm going to see if they, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to the coffee shop that does the fancy design Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. just going to to our Dunkin' Donuts here. Yeah. Because they don't do anything fancy other than write your name in the cup. Yeah. Um,
1: love Duncan though. I miss Duncan.
0: (laughs) I know. Well, it's funny because I always think of it such a New England, Boston thing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when I see it in other States, I'm like, what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) This is
1: ours.
0: (laughs) Um, but the one thing I do always ask all of my guests before I wrap up the show is I ask, what's one thing that makes you feel magical?
1: Magical. Ooh. um, I do uh, this has been a theme Ooh. a bit here, but I do feel I have amazing pet karma. Oh good. Yeah. I like I have ones. I have a um I I just feel like I, I'm sort of like Dr. Doolittle. Nice. Like I, this is my second cat that walks around the block with me. Like I had a cat, um, a beloved cat who passed away last year, got a got another rescue cat. Now, now this this cat also walks around the block with me. Like people stop and say, "Is that your cat?" It just it willingly follows. Like how often do cats do anything willingly?
0: No. It follows
1: me for two blocks, um, and comes back. And so I'm just like, that is my magic power, like pet karma. <laughs> how
0: do you, no, like you do. You, how do you start that? Do you like start them on a
1: leash? So no, uh uh-uh. Um It's an. it both cats were rescues. so they were indoor outdoor cats um and they were used to being outside but I'll just start walking around the block and the cat will just come with me like on, of her own volition like yes oh. let's do this um for and like we'll take a few detours but comes the whole way and comes back and I think I just I have kind of like a sh- shiny pet karma
0: <laughs> yeah no especially for rescues because you never know what you're going to get
1: no no and these both of these Cats just love, love me for yeah. some reason. So that makes me feel magic.
0: Yeah, I, I think that is magic.
1: That's okay. Like the
0: first thing that anyone's ever said to me. I think that, I, I like that. I've never seen it. I, I, maybe the cat walks out with you and then it's like, peace.
1: We go two blocks and people often stop and say, is that your cat?
0: Yeah, because it's like, you yeah. think it's like a stray that just happens to like, well, I'm yeah. walking this way
1: too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what's your magic? I'm sure you have a lot of magic, but
0: my magic is when I say offhanded things and someone repeats it back like months or years later they're like mm. well Kim you told me blah blah blah," and I was like really I said that and it's become their gospel like that just is huh. like that like it blows that's my cool. mind
1: that's cool it
0: blows my mind like wow. yeah, I have I'm fortunate that I've had clients for like years and they're like, Hey, when we first started working together, you told me to double cook my my dinner and I've been doing it for years and it just makes, makes my life so much easier. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Double cooking.
1: Oh, well that's cool magic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So that makes you feel magical. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Everyone, her book is on Amazon wherever you get her what your books. If you've looked thinking about, oh look at that. See? So (laughs)
1: same Michelle
0: promotion. I've, I've
1: got it um dog eared.
0: Yes, and um, I I didn't bring it with me, but I bought a copy. And my mine's dog-eared. So if you're someone, this is what I love about it. If you're someone who wants to journal, if you're someone who's just like I don't know, they this sounded really good, but I need a little bit more deeper dive. Mm-hmm. This is the book for you because it's like it's a hybrid. It gives you like the why should I give a shit and the how do I give a shit. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> thank you. I like that summary.
0: <laughs> so, ladies, thank you so much. And if you. Um, one, by the book, but two, where can they find you on the socials?
1: So um, I am on Instagram, um, Jennifer King Lindley. I'm like a social media dinosaur slowly lumbering onto the platform. Like I'm not super active, but I am on there. And then my website is jenniferkinglinley.com. Um, so I have some articles I've written and connections to my Instagram page and stuff like that. So those are some, some places to look for me. And I do, um, I do write for the remaining magazines. So, um, you know, I've (laughs) got (laughs) remaining. Yeah. So I have a piece um, forthcoming in real simple and Oprah quarterly, um, the summer issue on breathing.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing is a big one for my ladies. We talk a lot about breath work.
1: Yeah, no, it's important. Yeah. That's, I learned a lot doing that. Well, thank you. I enjoyed our conversation.
0: Yes, I am so glad you're here too. So ladies, you know, check out her articles um, and follow her on Instagram. And if she follows you six months later, it'll be great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's about my speed, yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much. And if you ever have questions, do me a favor, hit me up with a review because you know, I love them all. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.